sign of the last days or end times? The Bible's answer. The Bible describes events and conditions that would mark the conclusion of the current system of things or the end of the world. Matthew 24.3, King James Version. The Bible calls this time period the last days and the time of the end or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 and Daniel 8.19, easy to read version. The following are some outstanding features of last days or end times prophecies. War on a large scale, Matthew 24.7 and Revelation 6.4. Famine, Matthew 24.7 and Revelation 6.5 and 6. Great earthquakes, Luke 21.11. Pestilences or epidemics of terrible diseases, Luke 21.11, Contemporary English Version. Increase of crime, Matthew 24.12. Ruining of the earth by mankind, Revelation 11.18. Deterioration of people's attitudes, as shown by many who are unthankful, disloyal, not open to any agreement, slanderers, without self-control, fierce, without love of goodness, betrayers, headstrong, puffed up with pride. 2 Timothy 3, 1-4 Breakdown of the family, with people who have no natural affection, and children who are disobedient to parents. 2 Timothy 3, 2 and 3 Love of God growing cold in most people. Matthew 24, 12 Noteworthy displays of religious hypocrisy. 2 Timothy 3, 5 Increased understanding of Bible prophecies, including those related to the last days. Daniel 12, 4 Global preaching of the good news of the kingdom. Matthew 24, 14 Widespread apathy and even ridicule toward the evidence of the approaching end. Matthew 24, 37-39, and 2 Peter 3, 3 and 4. The simultaneous fulfillment of all these prophecies, not just a few or even most of them. Matthew 24, 33. Are we living in the last days? Yes. World conditions, as well as Bible chronology, indicate that the last days began in 1914. At that time, God's kingdom began ruling in heaven, and one of its first actions was to expel Satan the devil and the demons from heaven and restrict their activity to the earth. Satan's influence on mankind can be seen in many of the bad attitudes and actions that make the last days critical times hard to deal with. 2 Timothy 3.1 Good morning. We were listening to JW.org online, an article from JW.org. The title is What is the Sign of Quote, the last days or end times. 
Thank you for listening. vaccinations for nursing home residents have begun. Christmas is cancelled in the UK. We cannot continue with Christmas as planned. The drastic shutdown as a new, more contagious strain of COVID spreads through London. Could it come here? An emergency landing and a passenger dying of cardiac arrest. But did he have coronavirus symptoms before boarding? That scare as millions get ready to travel for the holidays. Super Saturday, the mad rush inside stores for what may be the busiest shopping day of the year. Our exclusive look inside college basketball's fight against COVID. The technology inside jerseys to keep players safe. And a Christmas toy story. The boy fighting for his life and still delivering for others. This is NBC Nightly News with Jose diaz Villard. Good evening, I'm Kate Snow in for Jose tonight. And another positive development to report. Reinforcements are on the way. Today, a CDC panel authorized a second vaccine, this one by Moderna, for Americans over age 18. It will start rolling out on trucks within hours. That means the amount of available vaccine overall will more than double by Christmas. But that good news, tempered by some new warnings that hospitals cannot survive another post-holiday surge, and the UK taking drastic measures today to try and stop a new, more contagious strain of COVID. We have a lot to get to. Let's begin with Morgan Chesky at the distribution factory for this new vaccine. Tonight, the sequel to a massive vaccine rollout. The first doses from pharmaceutical giant Moderna, loaded and ready to ship by tomorrow morning. We want arms, shots in arms. That is our goal. Operation Warp Speed pledging 8 million new doses of Pfizer and Moderna vaccine by the end of next week. Today, a CDC advisory committee joining the FDA in granting Moderna emergency authorization for persons 18 years of age and older. Moderna's rollout different than Pfizer's. The company partnering with healthcare company McKesson to pack up and ship vaccine kits, each one containing a vial alcohol swab and syringe to administer, especially welcome in smaller rural hospitals. They're telling me that they're worn out, you know, stretched to their limits, uh, working like crazy for nine months. John Henderson serves more than 150 Texas community hospitals, all of them able to store Moderna's new vaccine, unlike Pfizer's, which required special freezers. In addition, the company's smaller 100-dose bundles better for isolated clinics. As someone who grew up in small-town Texas, how soon before those smaller hospitals actually get this Moderna vaccine? We've learned last night that more than half of our rural Texas hospitals are scheduled to start receiving the Moderna vaccine within the coming weeks. Last week's rollout drawing praise and problems, forcing an admission of fault from the general in charge. I failed. I am adjusting. I am fixing. And we will move forward from there. After dozens of states frustrated, claimed the administration drastically cut upcoming Pfizer shipments. Where are our doses? What is holding them up? Officials now saying states will get their full allocation. 
and in California, an emotional appeal from resident physicians with Stanford Health, arguing the system's vaccine rollout didn't prioritize certain doctors. We need accountability. We need an understanding of why this happened. And we need assurances that it won't happen again. Administrators pledging a new plan. And Morgan joins us now. Morgan, the CDC out with late guidance tonight on vaccines and allergies. What can you tell us? Kate, that's right. The CDC reports there have been instances of severe allergic reactions, even anaphylactic shock. And they say if you are allergic to any ingredient contained in a vaccine, don't take that specific type and definitely have a conversation with your doctor. Kate? Morgan Chesky, thank you. There is disturbing news tonight about another much more contagious strain of COVID circulating overseas. It is so alarming. The UK is asking people to cancel Christmas plans. Matt Bradley reports from London. We cannot continue with Christmas. Tonight, Britain's Boris Johnson becomes the Prime Minister who stole Christmas. We're sacrificing the chance to see our loved ones this Christmas so we have a better chance protecting their lives. Clamping back coronavirus restrictions on Southeast England, including London over the holidays. Closing non-essential businesses and restricting meetings to one other person and only outdoors. All because of a troubling new viral strain expanding fast through England. Government scientists say the new strain could be as much as 70% more contagious and already accounts for 60% of infections. Suggest that infections with sore, hot rooms will hit the public. Overwhelmed and many thousands more will lose their lives. But the new variant is no more deadly than the original, and there's no evidence that it's resistant to vaccines yet. My concern is potentially that this means the virus is kind of on pathway to becoming uh, resistant to vaccines. So whilst it not be, may not be actually resistant, it may not take so many changes after this to kind of get there. It's not just Britain. Italy's Prime Minister today announced a new lockdown over Christmas and New Year's after a surge in infection from the original virus. Still, epidemiologists say the new strain should cause other countries to take notice. Is this something that Americans should be worried about? Uh, yes, I think everybody should be worried about this. Uh, this is going to happen again. People need to step up their surveillance. You know, Kate, the situation here is so dire. The government had to invent a fourth level of alarm above the three-tier warning system that they already had in place. Kate? Matt Bradley, thank you. The week ahead could create real problems in the battle against COVID as millions are expected to travel for the holidays. And now the new warnings from hospitals that simply have no room left. Megan Fitzgerald has details from Heart Hit Los Angeles. Tonight, hospitals already in crisis, bracing for catastrophe as millions of Americans prepare to defy health warnings and see family this holiday season amid the deadliest surge. Just playing in those space, see grandma, see my mom, and hang out with family. Flying is proving to be a gamble. A United flight landed in L.A. after being diverted to New Orleans when a passenger had a medical emergency on board and later died. The man's wife overheard telling EMTs he had COVID-like symptoms, although cause of death has not yet been determined. The airline releasing a statement saying in part, at the time of the diversion, we were informed he had suffered a cardiac arrest. Those passengers were given the option to take a later flight or continue on with their travel plans. The CDC now reaching out to passengers, but despite the risk, AAA predicting some 85 million Americans will travel for Christmas and New Year's. 
A similar theme from Thanksgiving, which health experts say led to the current surge where more Americans are hospitalized for COVID than ever before. The hospitals are just too full and the staff are stretched too thin. California is the nation's epicenter. Drummond and Dillon is an emergency room doctor. His hospital is operating at 270% capacity. I go from critical patient to critical patient to critical patient, and it's like working with your hands tied behind your back. Dozens of patients lining the hallways waiting for care, while in neighboring Los Angeles, a person dies from COVID every 15 minutes, prompting a warning from the mayor. A symbol of getting together with others, whether it's one Christmas or New Year's gathering or party, disastrous. Nationwide, 900 hospitals have hit at least 90% capacity in ICUs. Frontline workers feeling the strain for weeks, from Colorado to Louisiana. Every hospital in the state is full. I worry about my family. And they worry that the worst is yet to come. And Megan, there's news tonight about a major retailer temporarily closing stores in California. That's right. For travelers here in California who are hoping to purchase a device or a tablet before their flight, things got a bit more difficult. Apple announcing the closure of 53 of its retail stores here in California and some in the UK as cases of the virus just continue to surge. No word yet on when they plan to reopen. Kate? Megan, thank you. Residents in nursing homes are among those at highest risk for coronavirus. Many have endured months of isolation trying to stay safe, but they're now starting to receive the vaccine. Tonight, Kathy Park takes a closer look. Tonight, a turning point for Americans like 95-year-old Dean Peters, Connecticut's first nursing home resident to receive the COVID-19 vaccine through CVS. I feel fine. I feel good. The shot has no problem. This week, CVS and Walgreens, in partnership with the federal government, began offering the first doses to residents and staff at long-term care facilities. Nearly 40% of coronavirus deaths. During the peak of New York's outbreak, the Mary Manning Walsh Nursing Home lost dozens to the disease. At times, we had floors that were full of, of COVID patients. Behind the scenes at CVS, the vaccines are closely monitored with technology and staff keeping track of the temperature and movement. And then on the day of the clinic, you know, that product has now thawed. It's at a refrigerated temperature. We move it into a little tote and then we transport it to the facility itself. And from there, you know, it's really, it's really similar to what our teams have done, you know, over the course of the last several years with the flu shot. Through this initiative, Ohio, Connecticut, and Florida are among the first in the rollout. Both companies will be expanding their reach to 12 other states next week, between them delivering vaccinations to 1,800 sites. These are our patients, and, and we're here to, you know, vaccinate them against COVID-19 to protect them and then to hopefully, you know, give them some hope that, that we're going to be out of this soon. Cut off from their families for nearly a year to avoid complications from the virus, these vials now offer a lifeline and a layer of protection. Kathy joins us now. Kathy, how many people do CBS and Walgreens plan to vaccinate? Well, Kate, between the two companies, the plan is to vaccinate up to 7 million residents and staff at 75,000 long-term care facilities across the country. Kate? Some hopeful news. Kathy, thank you. Now to that major cyber attack on U.S. government systems. President Trump today disputed his own administration's claim that Russia is behind it. Kelly O'Donnell reports from the White House. 
A new twist inside Trump world. Russian hacking drives an unexpected wedge between President Trump and his Secretary of State. The president breaking from close ally Mike Pompeo to downplay and deflect a vast cyber attack that penetrated federal agencies and private companies. Pompeo in a very significant effort and blamed Russia directly. I think it's the case that now we can say pretty clearly that it was the Russians that engaged in this activity. But President Trump mockingly dismissed Kremlin responsibility, tweeting, Russia, Russia, Russia is a priority chant when anything happens. Instead, he suggested it may be China. It may. That set stage scrambling. An official tells NBC News the White House had prepared a statement that would cite Russia but was told to stand down. Today, releasing this statement that does not name Russia and refers to multiple actors behind this conduct. Turning to Wilmington, President-elect Biden added six officials to his climate team, emphasizing expertise and diversity, including interior nominee Deb Holland, who would be the first ever Native American cabinet secretary. Biden linking the threats of climate and COVID. Just like we need to be a unified nation in response to COVID-19, we need a unified national response to climate change. And Kelly, let's talk about that COVID relief package. Is Congress any closer to a deal? Well, they're under pressure, but there's been no breakthrough today, Kate. They're trying to come together on a $900 billion deal that would provide enhanced unemployment benefits, direct payments, money for vaccines, and much more. So far, still stumbling blocks today that set a pre-Christmas deadline for themselves. Kate? Kelly O'Donnell at the White House for us. Kelly, thank you. Still ahead tonight, last-minute shoppers crowding into stores on what could be the biggest shopping day of the year. Well, with shipping deadlines already passed, it's no surprise today could be the busiest in-person shopping day of the year. Jolene Kent has more. It takes six days till Christmas, the rush is on. And even for the last minute every year. Well, I'm always thinking about COVID. You just take the precautions and you get out here, you get out here early and you get back home. For many last minute shoppers, Super Saturday is one of the last opportunities to buy gifts. Now that all major shipping deadlines have passed. Sometimes you gotta go in person and, and do this. It's called Super Saturday because traditionally it's the biggest in-person shopping day of the year. Bigger even than Black Friday. How is the final weekend of shopping this year different than last year? Well, there'll be enormous numbers of shoppers. Uh, we've got more days between super so-called Super Saturday and the Christmas holiday than we did last year, so people have more time to pick up those things they haven't gotten yet. According to a survey from the National Retail Federation, more than 150 million U.S. consumers plan to shop today, up from a record 148 million last year. And since the coronavirus doesn't seem to be slowing holiday spending down, small business owners like Jack Mathis are doubling down on safety. We reduce our hours. We have hand sanitizer stations. We make people wear masks. We have the screens on the registers. At his shop in Louisville, the lines have been out the door. It's really a lot more than what we expected. Hit hard by the pandemic, he's banking on high turnout before the new year. Fourth quarter is always an important time of year for us, but especially this year when we're trying to make up for those sales when we were having to close for quarantine. For retailers eager for business and shoppers looking for those last-minute deals, safety is paramount.
So that's been the emphasis all year long, really the number one priority from the beginning of this year. It'll be how do you meet the demand uh, of people, that 150 million uh, Americans that are going to be shopping on Super Saturday. Shoppers and small businesses making sure Santa's on time. Jolene Kent, NBC News. Up next, the high-tech measures to keep COVID off the court for a top college basketball team. with an NBC News exclusive inside the University of Arkansas's basketball programs and the high-tech measures to keep players from getting COVID. Here's Sam Brock. On the hardwood inside Arkansas's famed Bud Walsh Arena, high-level athletes going toe-to-toe -to -toe amidst the COVID crisis. We're glad that we have this opportunity. It allowed us to have this start of the season. An accomplishment tested on a daily basis for the men's and women's teams. granted NBC News the Heimlich means access to two teams surging on the court find out how they're winning their battle against COVID-19 off it. Eric Musselman is the coach of the men's team. Well, we test three times a week, and the next morning I wait for the text message group that says we're all COVID-free. Catch a Hogs practice. You'll see coaches and even some players wearing masks while they're playing. If you got it, here we go. COVID tests are also a requirement for both teams and their staffs. Simone Rush is the women's team trainer who walks us through a litany of safety strategies. How close are the players to actual tests? No one is sitting on these rows here. The fans start to sit right behind our cutouts. Yet despite all the precautions, a player tested positive in the last couple weeks. Is there any, ever been a point along the way here where you're just scared that you might contract COVID? It couldn't always be the back of your head like this could get worse. So you have to do everything for yourself, for your community. To cut down on the spread, a new technological tool in the fight. There it is. Just through that way. A digital chip worn in the players' jerseys on game days, tracking close contact that's mandated by the SEC. A nifty gadget already used by the NFL. It makes the contact tracing so much easier. The state of Arkansas decides how many fans can fill this arena. In this case, about 20% have to factor in social distancing for roughly 4,000 people. Part of a new normal that women's coach Mike Neighbor says he feels from the training room. That's the no-fly zone. Nobody's sitting there. Just court size. I don't have somebody to call and say, hey, when you had a pandemic the last time, how did you manage it? Without a roadmap, one of the country's premier college conferences driven by players with a sense of community. So even though we're still separated, sometimes we're still going to come back together. Pioneering a path to keep their hoop dreams alive at the height of a pandemic. In Fayetteville, Sam Brock, NBC News. It is such a new normal. Up next, one boy's heroic effort to spread holiday joy. There's good news tonight about the spirit of giving and a boy who embraced that even as he faced his own unimaginable challenges. One of Santa's biggest helpers. Great, now we have two kids. Nine-year-old Alex Meyer is making sure this holiday season is special for kids already going through so much. He's leading a toy drive for Southwest Florida's Dolatana Children's Hospital. His efforts all the more remarkable since he's a patient too. Hey guys, hey, how's it going? And battling inoperable brain cancer. Every single treatment, he would come in and tell me, I have a thousand gifts. I have two 
2,000 gifts, now 3,000 gifts and counting, and it's just incredible that he has not stopped. It all started when he heard nurses talking about the MP Toy Project. The Toy Project is something that has toys in it for kids. Because of COVID-19, uh, they lost a lot of their funding. With the help of his parents, Tim and Tiffany, Alex created a Facebook group called Iron Man Alex Fights Brain Cancer, directing people where to donate. Good morning, it's 6.07 a.m. Sunday morning, it's December the 20th, 2020. We're listening to Jazz Enough, Sunflower Samurai. Mm -hmm. 
one hour homework edit YouTube Jazz I N U F Jazz Enough Sunflower Samurai Shall we continue with the Gospel of Luke? The widow's offspring. Luke chapter 21. As he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said. This poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Verse 5, Luke 21 and 5. Signs of the end of the age. Verse 5. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God but Jesus said as for what you see here the time will come when not one stone will be left on another every one of them will be thrown down teacher they asked, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and the time
time is near, do not follow them. When you hear of wars and revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. said to them, nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven, but before all this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you to synagogues and prisons and you will be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name. This will result in your being witnesses to them, but Make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourself. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. And they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me but not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then, let those 
who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out. And let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment in fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars on the earth. Nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He told them 
this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my, my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly. Like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man
each day Jesus was teaching at the temple. And each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to hear him at the temple. Gospel of Luke chapter 22 Judas agrees to betray Jesus Twenty two and one Now the feast of unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus for they were afraid of the people verse 3 then Satan entered Judas And Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. Verse 5. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present.
the Last Supper, Luke 22 and 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. He will show you a large upper room all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, 
take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. Also a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them. And those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater? The one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one 
who is at the table. It But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials. And I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes Israel. Simon. Simon. Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Simon. That your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, 
you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times, three times, that you know me. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse, bag, or sandal, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, Now, if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That is enough, he replied. Luke 22 and 39. Jesus prays on the Mount of Olives. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but 
yours be done. An angel An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Verse 44, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them, get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation.
Jesus arrested. Luke 22 and 47. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up and the man was called Judas. One of the twelve was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed it. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard and the elders who had come for him, am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs every day I was with you in the temple courts 
and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Peter disowns Jesus. Verse 54, Luke 22, 54. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance, but when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him. Seated there in the firelight, she looked closely at him and said, This man was with them. This man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. Verse 59, Luke 22 and 59. About an hour later, another asserted 
certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows today you will disown me three times and he went outside and wept bitterly Verse 63, the soldiers mock Jesus. 22 and 63, the men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blind, blind folded him and demanded, prophesy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. Jesus before Pilate and Herod. Verse 66, Luke 22 and 66. At daybreak, the consul of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and teachers of the law met together and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Christ, they said, tell us. Verse 
Jesus answered. If I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I asked you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, Are you then the Son of God? He replied, You are right in saying, I am. Then they said, Why do we need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips. <laughs>